listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. We're back as a team after, what, it's been three weeks since we've recorded together, hasn't it, Dan? Yeah, a couple weeks there, Bobby. Nice to be back. Yeah, man, it's uh, good because I know 4th of July weekend, you had uh, family coming in, and then last oh, week yeah. I had to postpone because we're moving, it just moved into our new house. So, yeah, we've both been pretty busy over the past couple of weeks for the holidays here. It's been an eventful summer thus far, for sure. Yeah, man, how did the 4th of July go since it's been that long? Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. It was nice to see everybody come out my way. And uh, the one thing I'll say is that if you have a swimming pool, uh, kids are going to be in that thing, like, nonstop. Dawn until dusk, they're in that thing. Rain or shine, it does not matter. Uh, they're in that swimming pool. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm learning that now firsthand as I've become like a pool boy here over the past week or so. <laughs> my daughter's been in the pool literally from the minute we moved in till about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a great thing to have uh, in the summer, uh, but sometimes can be a real pain to maintain. <laughs> yeah, I've been feeling that pain to maintain. <laughs> Yeah, it's like every time I come home, it's like, all right, what do I have to do out there immediately before I get in it? Yep. So right. I'm going to be picking your brain because as a, as a newly formed pool boy here, I'll be uh, asking for some suggestions as I get used to this thing. Uh, I'm happy to pass on the knowledge, my man. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's been a while. I know I was able to put out a show. Uh, players that were set to explode for 2019 decided to do like a 4th of July theme type of episode uh, to fill in the gap here so it's it's good to be back uh with the full team again here as we really start ramping up here because i just realized i was looking at uh the espn uh league homepage for us dan tomorrow is pretty much one month away from our draft weekend oh yeah up in up in the good old mountains of seven springs that's right and uh you know that's one of those weekends that i think we look forward to every single year um and, and uh, looking forward to the draft, looking forward to another live draft with everybody there, and uh, looking forward to another uh, fantasy season getting kicked off uh, the right way with the live fantasy draft league record. Yeah, so we talked about it earlier. We're going to do like we did last year. It was one of our more popular episodes is do a live sort of play-by-play of our, of our draft as we go live so um that's right. our league of record we're pushing on a decade here with uh, the same crew so uh it was fun i think everybody liked it and it's good to sort of hear and and get the mentality as we go through our league of record draft so looking forward to that one next month i know we were talking about it earlier for sure so yeah, um, this episode to sort of get us back in the swing of things. Uh, a lot of running back news that we're going to go over here in just a moment, but today's going to be focused around 
the Scott Fishbowl. Once again, Dan and I are proud to be part of such a uh, great, well-known, and for a good cause, Fantasy Football League. And um, went through the draft since the last time that we talked. So we're going to break down sort of what I was going through. I know I was in constant contact with Dan about it. Um, break down sort of the first maybe one to two rounds, uh, the full picks, and then sort of go over uh, the team that I was able to put together here um, and just sort of go over our thoughts behind it, um, why we drafted the way we did. And you're going to notice some some definite differences in maybe your normal leagues on the way this draft played. I, I know the first round sort of uh, surprised me with what fell at the 11th spot for me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that in more detail. Yeah, this was a very interesting draft because I think – um, a lot of the strategies really were, I mean, as, as they should, played to the way the scoring league is. And there's one position in particular um, that this scoring format for the Scott Fishbowl um, really kind of provides you some extra incentive, some extra bonuses. Um, so I think that really changed the complexion of the entire draft. Uh, it made it for some interesting team makeups too. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to uh, kind of see uh, how this all played out and talk about how it all played out with you here, Bobby. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead, Dan? There's uh, quite a few running backs I wanted to discuss. Uh, some big news that happened here that um, let's cover that. I hope this is not a. I hope this is not going to be a theme for this position, Bob. Right. Um, all the news, uh, you know, as we get into it, I think that you're going to see a common theme, and I'm 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 hoping personally. But this is not how things are going to keep going um, as uh, seasons roll on here in the NFL. Yeah, so let's get started with the guy that uh, I know I profess my uh, love for. Um, a guy that I picked up in the Startup Dynasty draft that uh, I was a part of here last month. Melvin Gordon has informed the Chargers he will not report to training camp and demands a trade unless he receives a new contract. His agent said there's a strong possibility he'll hold out into the season barring a new contract or trade. And then Melvin Gordon also said he wants to end up with the Chargers. So a lot of back and forth, but Dan, I was completely wrong with Lev Bell. You were completely spot on. What's your feelings hearing this type of news from the Melvin Gordon camp? Uh, uh, to me, I think it's just going to be the same thing. Um, it's one of those things where um, there's just a lot of high tier top tier running backs who are complaining uh, complaining about how they're being paid uh their bodies don't hold up to the same level of punishment that the other positions do um i mean the only person who who i think maybe will be able to play into the like 60s is adrian peterson that guy's just a freaking nature right um so I think it's it's now becoming a theme of, well, I'm going to save myself because, I mean, these are young guys. Let's be honest here, Bob. These guys are not that old. Uh, so why are you going to ruin um, your your later years of your life by running, you know, into a brick wall, essentially, uh, for a number of years if the price isn't right for it? So um, and this is what I was talking about, I, I think that this could be a theme, theme coming with, with the NFL running back. So, I mean, here's what you have to weigh. If you're Melvin Gordon, um, were you or are you in the same league of elite running back as Le'Veon Bell? Eh, to some extent, yes, I would say. Uh, but also, it's not like Melvin Gordon hasn't had injury history before. 
It's not like he hasn't missed significant time in games before. Uh, so I think that could play into it kind of both sides. Like I've missed games before. I'm not necessarily the most uh, durable guy. So I need to get mine while I can. Um, I just, it, this is just going to be an interesting see, thing to see how it plays off, plays out. Someone's going to have to blink. Um, Steelers didn't blink last time. Le'Veon Bell didn't blink last time. They, they, there was a lost season there. Um, you know, Steelers went on, got James, Con- you know, found diamond and rough James Conner, um, and we're, we're to, to a certain extent okay. Late Bell came back, market was open, and, and I think, I, I mean, he got a nice contract, but I think he was expecting a lot more than what he got. So it, it, this is just going to be an interesting thing to see with other players how this plays out. Uh, ultimately, with this one, I, I do think they probably will work it out. Um, I, mean, I he's, think that, he's one of the top running backs in the league to, to me. Right. I mean, he's after that weird rookie season, he's been a touchdown machine and can get it done both through the ground and through the air. So I would hope sure. they uh, they get this done because I mean, he's my number five running back going into the season. Yeah, and I I think that's the right place for him. Um, at the same time, I, I just don't see how they could not you know bring him on i mean at the other at the other i mean austin eckler was a nice fill-in um last year and And even justin jackson had his moments justin and justin jackson had his moments too so um but definitely not the same level that you get out of one melvin gordon i mean both of those together are not melvin gordon let's be honest uh i think ultimately this one gets worked out i i think they'll pay him the money uh, I think he's he's worth it. He deserves it. Uh, and again, the same was Lay's Lay Bell. Like I, I don't fault you for trying to make as much money as you can in the limited time frame that you have. I understand that completely. I'm not going to fault a player for doing that. I don't think it is selfish. I don't think that you're doing the wrong thing. Uh, you've got to look out for yourself, and that's what these guys are doing. And uh, now it's just becoming more and more uh, of an issue with all of the injury concerns and concussion concerns and things like that you, you've got to be able to, to kind of in the limited time frame you have as an nfl running back sell yourself up for 40 potentially 50 years after you're done playing right yeah i mean to me i'm still drafting him as the number five running back um but i will make it a priority to get either eckler or jackson later in the draft to protect against this because i you know i i felt the burn of Le'Veon bell and i i did not get james connor so uh you know uh something to monitor by i too feel like it's gonna work out so dan let's move on to another running back um zeke's coming but i'm just going back uh chronologically Mm -hmm. This guy, I, I don't want any piece of uh, in any of my drafts. Darius Geis suffered some sort of hamstring injury and is questionable for the beginning of training camp. To me, I, I'm not touching this guy, and I have no problem taking a look at Adrian Peterson around the 8th through 10th round of any draft that I'm in. I mean, in the mocks that you and I have gotten, um, I've gotten him later than that. Right. I mean, it, it seems to me that he's almost like a forgotten forgotten guy at this point uh i mean I, I know no one expected him to do what he did last year uh and he was a serviceable back at at, at times a good rb2 to have on your squad a fantastic flex and somebody who i was able to flip for other players as well so it, it's it, to me i think adrian peterson's gonna have another good year he's right. gonna have another good season it's just kind of disappointing to hear because there was so much hype coming out of um, last year's draft with Geis and all that stuff and then he gets hurt and then has a lost season 
season and now he's hurt again. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see him kind of get off the ground a little bit like those other rookie running backs did last in the last couple of seasons. But yeah, those injuries are killing him right now, man. And, and, I, and this whole Redskins team, like I, I don't really know what to think about it. Um, from a fantasy perspective, like I don't know who I like as the receiver. Somebody, if, if yeah, anybody, somebody's going to produce. It's just good luck figuring it out. Who? Yeah, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I expect it to probably be the rookie, uh, Dwayne Haskins. But at the same time, that really makes me question whether it's even worth looking at any Redskins wide receiver. You know, given the downtick that the Arizona receivers had last year with Rosen. So that and then, you know, if you're not really fearing the run, I mean, feeling the pass, you're loading up on the run, which uh, is just kind of a, a fantasy nightmare down there uh, in in Washington, D.C. right now, Bob. Yep. I agree. Um, AP is probably the only one I really would like. Maybe Trey Quinn later in the draft, especially in PPR. But outside right. of that, yeah, I'm not really excited about touching any part of that uh, offense. And uh, before we get to the bigger news, Philip Lindsay said he's going to be 100% for the start of Broncos training camp on Thursday. And it sounds like the Broncos expect that to be the case. I'm just nervous with this guy that uh, could it just be one of those out-of-nowhere seasons and – it doesn't have that. That was it for him. That was the peak. Um, Royce Freeman's going to be involved. Um, I don't know. I'm, Philip Lindsay's another guy. I just am not excited or not really targeting in my drafts. I hope that I'm wrong, but I just you never really see an under, undrafted rookie or an undrafted player to that nature continue on and just be great like he was last season. So I'm personally fading him. It's good that he's going to be healthy. But what are your thoughts on Philip Lindsay? Yeah, you you've been on that on that train since the very beginning because I, I know when we were trying to work our dynasty trade uh philip Lindsay was somebody who was repeatedly coming up and you're like i'm not i'm not sold on him quite yet um I, I just i think back to where he kind of shocked the world last season and i remember talking routinely about philip Lindsay on thursday nights when we would get drafty and the one thing that kept coming to mind is this guy just runs so hard so fast right it's the whole like I had not seen in a really long time. Uh, I think I, I, I think Flacco is an upgrade in, in quarterback. Um, I think the offense will probably take a step forward. And, and you know, I probably would be as maybe as sour as you are on Philip Lindsay if I wasn't even more sour on Royce Freeman. Right. Like I, I just don't see I, I if Royce Freeman was drafted to be the man last year and couldn't get it going um could it be the the freshman kind of fluke and he's not going to have the sophomore slump i i can't say that for sure but to me looking at what happened last year where they had to kind of ride the running game and there really wasn't a great passing game there i think emmanuel sanders had a down season demarius thomas was a was forgettable and then and yeah he got traded anyways and then he got traded and, and now you're coming in with a, essentially Cortland sutton who's stepping up to be the number one um, so a lot of kind of change on this Denver offense, but last season when they're leaning on run, run exclusively, I, I think you would not disagree that, you know, Lindsay was head and shoulders better than Freeman was. And, and there just wasn't even, it wasn't even close. And then when the injuries happened, Freeman got it going a little bit, but still it was to me, I think he comes in as the clear cut number one starter. Um, 
And I I don't know if you're going to get the same level of excitement out of him this year, um, but I think he will be a serviceable running back too. He's not going to be an RB an RB one. Uh, he's going to have down games, um, and and I don't see Freeman Freeman overtaking him. But I think he has a a good enough season to be a serviceable RB two. If I had him as my second running back, I, I'd be happy. Yeah. So I'm just looking up like top five undrafted running backs of all time. Priest yeah. Holmes number one, Aaron Foster number three. Now this is just a somebody's random list. So I'm not like saying right. this is what I think, but right. I just don't see him in the mold of Aaron Foster or Priest Holmes. So I, I Priest Holmes had some nice seasons, and man, Aaron Foster was the, I mean a fantasy godsend there for a while. So and that's why I mean I don't see Philip Lindsay as either one of those two. So the, I mean sure. those are really like the top tier of undrafted. So it's, it, I just think there's so many right. things that are working against him that I don't know. I'm, I I hope I'm wrong, and I'm okay missing out on him if I have to. So you want you want to make a bet? Sure. Okay. Uh, I will. I bet you right here, right now, our typical bet, one beer, that Philip Lindsay will have more yards and touchdowns than Royce Freeman. So if Royce has one or the other, I win? Yep. More- uh, yeah, and keep track of these bets because I, I, you know, I definitely owed you a few <laughs> beers last year, but I'll take that one. I, I, I think yep. they're just both going to be involved enough where I could see Royce maybe getting the more touchdowns and Lindsey the more yards. So right. I'm, I'm cool with that bet. Yep, I'll get, I'll give you both. All right, that fair enough. So Dan, the big one. I'm going to go through all the news bits, and then we got one more running back after this. Zeke Elliott has privately said that he will hold out a training camp unless he gets a new contract. Yahoo's Charles Robinson confirms Zeke is considering holding out a Cowboys training camp. And then Yahoo's Charles Robinson also reports that Zeke Elliott must report by August 6th in order to receive an accrued season towards free agency. So basically, if he wants to be an unrestricted free agent after the 2020 season... He needs to get in by August 6th. So my thought is this one's not as in the dark as Melvin Gordon. I think he I think he reports before August 6th to accrue that because I think either way he wants to get to be a free agent as soon as possible, whether Dallas resigns him or not. So I think this one will clear itself up sooner than the Melvin Gordon one just because of that ability to lose uh, a season towards free agency. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is the one that probably clears itself up quicker than any of the other ones because uh, he has the most incentive to report. I mean, to get to free agency, um, I mean, this is going to be interesting to see. Because I I know that, I mean, I saw something um, about some NFL players complaining about the amount of money that NBA players are getting paid at this point. Don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame them either. Um, I mean, you would argue that the NFL is as popular, if not more popular, than the NBA. Um, so why aren't we getting comparable uh, contracts? And, I mean, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Uh, I think maybe people would say, well, you're playing more games in the NBA. Um, maybe you have a, a longer, you know, the ability to play the game a little bit longer, which I think weighs against. Right. Um, the fact that, why? Aren't, well, then NFL should probably get paid be paying more in their salaries um but i think with all of these elite running backs coming up like the the market's gonna get reset i think think Bell tried to right but but lev bell was not i think in a position where zeke elliott is or 
Alvin Kamara is going to be. I mean, right. those guys, I think, are going to be able to say, uh, I'm a complete – if you don't have me on your, on your team, your team completely changes. Right. Um, there, there's not someone like James Conner waiting in the wings on those teams. They're built around um, Kamara and, and Elliott, and I think that's probably going to be um, very interesting to see in terms of salary cap and things like that. And uh, especially if they do this. So I, I saw something recently from Goodell saying that they're thinking about extending the season to 18 games. Yeah, I, I don't um, see that happening. But, yeah, I, saw, but, I read that, too. But with a cap in which only players can only play 16 games. Now, what's that going to do to your fantasy roster, Bob? Because uh, depending on where you go and when things, you know, where things end up and stuff like that, people could get not active and be active. I mean, that hour between the witching hour between 12 and 1 is going to be probably so intense because <laughs> you don't even know who's going to play and they're going to have to declare or they are they going to have to not declare in terms of, okay, well, he's available, but... You know, we're not playing it today. So, I mean, it's going to be a nightmare uh, to figure out things like that. Uh, I can't even imagine what that would do a fantasy roster or fantasy season. If Especially they in the don't championship rounds. Yeah. If, if, if they don't have to declare who's going to play that day um, and things like that, it'll be crazy. It'll be crazy. Yeah, to me, I think Dallas is going to re-sign Zeke and make him the highest paid running back. To me, he's the best pure running back in the league right now. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that he showed that he can be a receiving, a big-time receiving threat. And with the Cowboys' history, they, they've always been focused somewhat around all-time great running backs and and I think they want to keep him around because I think he could be in that mold for them so we shall see on that one but um, the last one Dan and this one tickles our fancy big time Jim Wyatt of the Titans official website reports new OC Arthur Smith intends to ride contract year running back Derrick Henry this season I've been saying it since the beginning of sort of the 2019-20 previews as we've been in the offseason this is the year and every bit of news that comes out says this is going to be the year for derrick henry what say you dan we say this every year this is the year i mean we we invested in derrick henry we are we are invested in derrick henry oh he'll be coming up again Uh, here shortly (laughs) so it's a situation where um if if he's even close to how good he was down the stretch last year uh it's a complete game changer for you if you have him on your fantasy squad especially because uh, i think a lot of people last year bought into the hype. A lot of people, like I did, thought last year was going to be the year. And then all of a sudden, Deion Lewis is getting you know, significantly more touches, significantly more activity in the backfield, not just on third down. And Derrick Henry was just kind of like in there, here and there. I mean, there weren't that many great games. And then all of a sudden, down the stretch... Uh, towards the end of the season where every team has run down Derrick Henry fresh set of legs unstoppable listen to his Uh, last uh, five games through December 625 yards eight touchdowns on 97 carries that's 6.44 yards per carry I mean he was the best fantasy player when you needed him to be last year (laughs) Yeah, and, and unfortunately, he was sitting directly on our bench, much, uh, much to our chagrin. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where I, I think this is what we hear every year going into a season where Derrick Henry is like, we're giving him the ball. We're giving him the ball. We're riding Derrick Henry. Okay, okay. I'll believe it when I see it. And, and that's kind of how I'm going to approach because I've been burned on it once before. Um, 
you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. That's the way I'm kind of approaching it. Um, so we'll see. I, I tentatively will say eh, it's a good possibility, but I'm definitely not throwing all my eggs in that basket at this point. I think with Mariota always being hurt and the fact that he's in a contract here, they have no reason not to ride this guy completely. Right. He, I mean, he carried them on his back at the end of the yep. season. So yep. I, I, I'm believing this is the year and, and you, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is here when we talk about the Scott Fishbowl. So, Dan, a lot of big-time running back news, um, two especially that we really need to keep eyes on because that's going to become big because they're two of the first five to six picks. So keep an eye out on Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott. But, Dan, if you're ready, let's do a review of the Scott Fishbowl. Let's do it. I want to go first by reiterating the scoring format because you're probably going to hear some things and some uh, drafts that occurred, draft picks that occurred, and if you're not familiar, you might be caught a little off guard. But short of things, passing, it's six point per passing, but four point per interception. Uh, and also another negative, too, if you throw an interception that goes for a TD. So if you throw one touchdown and one interception for a touchdown, you basically only are banking on yards. So big time. I like that. Me I too. like that a lot. I like that pick six um, where, you, where you get negative points. I, I, I just think that's such a good, cool. it's such a neat rule. I've not seen that before. Um, I just, I love that rule. And, you know, just think about the point swing that's going to happen when something like that happens. If for some reason you're playing the defense that the quarterback throws the pick six against. Right, exactly. So um, you do get five points for every 300 yards. Um, rushing, six point per rushing touchdown, one point per 10 rushing yards, two points for two point conversions, a half a point on first down, and you get five points for every 50 yards. So big time if you get those running backs that can get over 100 yards or get getting an extra 10 points there so um receiving six point per receiving touchdown one point per 10 yards receiving five points for purse first down half point ppr you get a bonus five points for every 50 yards similar to the rushing and then the big bonus this is where you're going to see the swing is tight ends are pretty much a half point or i'm sorry an extra half point making them a full point per ppr for tight ends. So whereas you're getting half point for running back and wide receivers, you're getting a full point for every reception for tight ends. So that's going to be a huge change. Yeah. Huge change. So Dan, why don't we go through the first two rounds pick by pick to sort of give an idea and then we'll break down the team that was constructed on our end here. So number one, overall Zeke Elliott, two Saquon Barkley, three Christian McCaffrey, four Alvin Kamara, pretty much status quo. Agree. Absolutely. I mean, in I some think form that combination. Fashion. Yeah, it's going to be that combination, um, and I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where those top five running backs are going to go, and I think in any draft, it's going to be those those first uh, five guys. Uh, I mean, I, I think you, it's just those guys four. I'm sorry, um, who you just are kind of interchangeable. Who do you prefer? Uh, and I think if you're sitting there number four and you get Kamara, you're like, oh, okay. You're yeah, freaking great. stoked at that point. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Awesome. Just like you'd be equally thrilled with, you know, um, CMC or Zeke or Sanquan. Right. 
So, yeah, those are status quo. Shuffle them up. I wouldn't be surprised if you want the exact opposite order and want Kamara, McCaffrey, Barkley, and Elliott. So, I mean, for sure, those are your four no matter what league. So, here's where the tight end scoring comes into play. The number five pick, Travis Kelsey, which makes total sense in this type of league. Absolutely, total sense. And, and the thing that you and I had talked about and thrown around um, when we first saw the scoring format for the fishbowl was, you know, if somebody at that 12 spot has the chance to grab Kelsey and Ertz, this is a super flex league too. um, You know, do you do that? Double the point bonus. Right. I mean, it's a risky. It's a risky, but at the same time, you're really getting two wide receiver type players that you're able to, you know, play at all full times. Point, full point PPR for. Right. So, yeah, but as you'll see, that didn't even get to the tenth pick, really. So, number right. uh, <laughs> number six, David Johnson. Number seven, the aforementioned Melvin Gordon. Eight and nine. Ertz and then Kittle. So there's your tight ends once again going off the. So the first three consensus tight ends were gone by the ninth pick. Uh, frankly, I, I will say something. Uh, I am a bit surprised that Kittle went in the first round. Uh, I get the scoring format. I absolutely do. I understand the full point PPR. But to me, to pass on the guys that are after this to get Kittle in the first round where I think you could have got him later. Like It just feels like to me like you could have got him later. I uh, wonder if I he would have made it to the swing the pick for this guy in the second round. Uh, he might have. He might have because there's so many big names left on the board. So many big names left on the board. Yeah, so here's what happened after Kittle. Number 10, Patrick Mahomes. That left me sitting there with the consensus number one wide receiver falling into my lap at the 11th pick. And with that pick, DeAndre Hopkins was a no-brainer for me. What did you – I agree. And I I think that was the one thing where, like, yeah, you have to go Hopkins at this point. Um now, are you surprised by the Mahomes pick at all that he was a first rounder? With 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 the guys that are going to come after that, and I get I get it. It's a super flex league. That that's the thing because you're going to see this guy picked another quarterback by the third round, so he went heavy on the super flex aspect of it. I, I personally wasn't even looking at quarterback till maybe the third round, if that. Right, and I think you and I. I mean, one of the things that. I think is a theme for our viewpoints of the league and fantasy in general is quarterback is so deep um, that there is room for you to kind of wait and grab and fill in the rest of your team. Even on a super flex um, league format. Even on a super flex league. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance to get, to get players who are going to be able to kind of help you out at running back wide receiver and things like that. Um, but with with it, I mean, I don't know. I I would be curious to see like, would does Mahomes make it out of the first round if he's not taken where he was? I mean, I right? wasn't gonna take him, so it was up to the twelve spot, and I, I'm not sure. Right. I mean, uh, he's gonna regress. Uh, nobody throws back to back fifty touchdown seasons. So how much? Right. You know, can he keep the interceptions down? Which obviously, uh, you know, even if he throws for forty, but keeps the interceptions low. I don't know. I I just wasn't. So my goal with this was every mock draft I did, I was somewhere around like you know possibly getting a levy on Bell and Julio Jones or uh, right. maybe a Julio and James Conner. But when Hopkins yeah. fell to me at eleven, I there was a there was a no brainer. So. Th- <laughs> 
instantly my draft strategy changed because then I also knew I was going to get one of Julio Jones or Devontae Adams just by right. the nature of the pick. Because once yep. uh, the gentleman at the 12 spot took James Conner, uh, my, my whole strategy changed at that point because I knew I was getting Julio or Devontae Adams. And so Julio won as the first pick of the second round, which left me with my consensus one and two wide receivers. I started off with DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams, and I got to say I was freaking excited for where I was picking to get those two to start my draft. Right, and the other thing is is that there's points for first downs, and I get it's half-point PPR and things like that, but, I mean, these are two, like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You shouldn't be able to pair these two guys on the team. Like, it's, you just shouldn't be able to do that. Right. And that's where the scoring format came into play because, you know, like I said, mock drafts are only going to get you so far. But this is such right. a different type of format that there right. was never a scenario where I could get either one of these two. So once that started unfolding, I mean, it just completely changed my draft strategy, at least for the first four rounds. When I started yeah, I getting think- into the fifth, sixth, these are players that I was targeting in mock drafts. But the first four rounds completely changed on the way everything fell in that first round. Absolutely. And the other thing is, is I think we did a lot of mocks to prepare for this. Uh, not a, neither of us ever kind of were like, I, I mean, it, it never shook out like this with Mahomes this early or the... Um, Kelsey and Ertz, I could see Kittle was the one yeah. I thought could slip into the second I just I did not see I mean here I, I get I get George Kittle I get it and the scoring format it makes sense it's not a bad pick like I just don't know if I have Zach Ertz I have the confidence in the team that right. he's getting the ball I've right. got confidence in Carson Wentz uh, I've got not as much confidence in the rest of the receivers on the team knowing that Zach Ertz is the probably the focal point of the offense let's be honest right. um, he's getting the ball Kelsey not necessarily the focal point of the offense but a huge weapon huge weapon he had a huge step forward last year with a huge upgrade at quarterback and it had a massive fantasy season Kelsey I think is like Gronk 2.0 um, with a more athletic quarterback than Gronk ever had. Right. So I, I get that. But you had tra- – and, and George Kittle, you had worse quarterbacks, and he produced. I get that. But now you're back with Jimmy G. You don't really know what you're getting. You don't really know what that offense is going to look at like at all because there's a lot of new faces on that whole entire team. And, and the running game is a nightmare. You don't know who the running back's going to be. Pettis is a nice player. I would expect him to get upgraded in terms of targets and stuff like that. I just feel like that's a little bit of a reach. Just my my humble opinion. It's a little bit of a reach for this type of league. I'd much rather would have set, set my sights on Hopkins um, or any of the guys that were taken after that. Not so much Mahomes probably uh, and just see where things fell out from there. Yeah, so I'm super excited to start Hopkins and Adams on my end. After my pick of Adams, we had Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon. uh, We had Williams from Kansas City, Nick Chubb, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Thomas, Odell Beckham, Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. So uh, run uh, fully running backs and wide receivers in the second round. Do you regret at all not grabbing Le'Veon Bell? Nope. Okay. No. I because mean, I, I know that was the one thing that you and I were tossing around, and I was trying to play a little devil's advocate with you. Um, 
and you know none of those other guys after that really kind of piqued my interest as much as Devonte adams would i think you 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 kind of lucked out and stole that guy in the second frankly because i don't see many other drafts where he's sneaking into rounds like this yeah especially because we're, we're starting teamers. we're starting three wide receivers so for sure for I mean, sure. To get my consensus one and two, I was I, I couldn't pass. Let's put it this way: if if that gentleman behind me at the twelve spot would have took Julio and Devontae Adams, then yeah, I'm taking Lev Bell there. But right, when he took James Conner, I was like, there is no way I'm passing up on one of Julio or Devontae Adams. I have to take them. I mean, let's just think about this. I mean, I get like you want one of those RB one studs, like, but I, I think there is a big difference between those guys that we talked about in those first four picks and the guys that we just talked about in the second round. Exactly. So, but I, I do think there's a huge difference, and I also think there's a huge difference between the guys that we're about to talk about in this third round and Devontae Adams. So you can fill in your draft, and you're always going to have an elite wide receiver on that roster as a number one so you really only have a couple of you know wide receivers you need to play with because you're always starting hopkins and you're always starting adams yeah so and i mean that's where my draft strategy changed i basically ignored wide receiver for the next one two three four five six rounds i didn't right i didn't need to take another wide receiver because i'm going to be able to mix and match somebody so let's go through the rest of just the team that I drafted uh, that we're going to manage here, and, and we can go back and talk about other teams. So first pick, DeAndre Hopkins. Second pick, Devontae Adams. This was a guy with my third pick that I talked about in the player set to explode, and I put my money where my mouth is, and my first running back was Devonta Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons, who, if healthy, I think is set for a big bounce back year. Health is a concern, but he's shown that he could be a top 12 and even number one running back in his career. So I, I was very comfortable. That, that made me even more comfortable with the two wide receivers start getting him as my first running back. Right. Did you, did you consider, so right after that, uh, the the uh, the guy right after you took Leonard Fournette. Was there a part of you that considered Fournette at that spot, or were you really kind of hoping one of those guys would reach you back at the turn, or what was your thoughts I, at that point? I was hoping Fournette maybe could fall back to me in the fourth, honestly. Right. Um, yeah. Since it was such a quick turn, I, I just I think after doing the research and doing the episode, there was just more that I liked about Freeman, especially with the receiving chops. Sure. Um, and the fact that they got Tevin Coleman out of there. Edo Smith didn't really do much for me. Kadri Ellison's a name that we picked in our Dynasty League, but I don't yep. think he's going to be impactful. So to me, it's all health. If he's healthy, this is a great pick. If he's not, then I could be I could be in a little bit of trouble. But Well, here's the thing is that just two or three years ago, he was the best running back in the NFL. Exactly. So, I mean, the, the pedigree is there. I mean, I think a lot of people have kind of – he's fallen off the radar because there are so many good running backs in the NFL right now. Uh, so he's just like not the fresh face that we have with, you know, Zeke, Sanquan, McCaffrey, and Kamara. And I have no problem um, scooping up every stock I can in him, honestly. Sure, sure. And, and like I have him in a dynasty league. And for some reason at some point I was able to score him and Tevin Coleman. And I foresee my dynasty league – in that particular, um, you know, league that I'm in, uh, that dynasty team, I I'm going to be starting Devonta Freeman pretty regularly. Um, and I have no problem with that. Yep. Way more than I'd ever start Tevin Coleman. Exactly. Then my swing pick in the fourth, 
Derek Henry talked about him. I'm, I put my money where my mouth is on that one. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to pair Hopkins, Adams with Freeman and Henry, if everything goes to plan, it made it so worth it getting those two wide receivers because I've got two running backs that if they can produce the level that I expect them to, uh, I'm comfortable with what with what happened early in the draft here so far. And I have to agree with you, Bob. I think that you're. You know, obviously, I'm partial to your your team here, but uh, I, I think you've got running backs that have high upside. Um, I mean, do I think that Derrick Henry could end up being better than James Conner? Uh, to me, maybe Derrick Henry's maybe. upside is he could lead the league in rushing. That that to me is For his sure. upside. For now sure. his downside is three quarters of the season you you can't really use them. You're almost can't forced really to. Use them. Right. So, I mean, we know what yeah. the downside is, but the upside mm-hmm. is league leader in rushing yards. Yeah, completely we know that downside his. all too well. Yep. Right. So, with the fifth pick, this to me, if I'm not getting the first three, this is my number four tight end. Him is neck and neck with O.J. Howard, but with my fifth pick, I took Evan Ingram. Um, I think he could be the centerpiece of the Giants passing game. Um, and to me, is the target outside of the first three. So, I was happy to get him in the fifth. Um, and then with my sixth pick, first quarterback Cam Newton, which gets a massive bump if he continues to run and provide rushing touchdown capabilities, which he has For all sure. throughout his career. So I, uh, that was the first time I took a quarterback. There, there was some massive runs on quarterback, but I was comfortable if Cam kept coming to me that he was going to be the guy I targeted. So. And the other thing about Cam is, you know, because you went wide receiver, wide receiver, one, two. Um, not necessarily, um, you know, he can kind of boost that rushing a little bit more. Maybe you're not getting a lot out of the running back at first. Cam kind of picks up kind of that slack with the rushing and the rushing touchdowns that he could possibly provide. Right. So with my one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh pick, it was James White of the Patriots. Eighth pick, Mitchell Trubisky, not my next quarterback. Ninth pick, Marvin Jones. So finally came back to the wide receiver. And uh, with my I love that pick, trio. I love the trio. Like I'll be like that's Marvin Jones has upside big time. Um, I, I understand Kenny Galladay, and I love myself some Kenny Kenny G as, as well. Uh, but I definitely think Marvin Jones still has a place on that team and has some upside to him. And to have him as the number three, your number three, that's a nice situation to be in, Bobby. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm basically playing with house money with who my third uh, wide receiver is going to be at this point. <laughs> For so. sure. And with my tenth pick, probably the most buzz talked about tight end in fantasy football, Mark Andrews. So I was happy to get Evan Ingram and then pair him with Mark Andrews to see is the potential there for him to produce like he does and how everybody right. thinks he's going to. So I was right. cool with the, that pair of, of tight ends as well. So, Yeah, I think Mark Andrews was another guy that we talked about going in saying, I, I think he'll probably slide, uh, but he's got a lot of hype about him. And then, he, I mean, you're pairing him with a young quarterback with Lamar Jackson, who will probably look to the, to the you know, look to that – safety valve maybe more often than not and i think andrews offers that so yeah uh I, I think in terms of the format you've got an established um 
an, an established elite option in a weak position, uh, but also a guy who has got a lot of upside who could be pushing himself into one of those elite spots. Exactly. So I'm going to read off a few picks before we get to the pick that I, I was like not happy about. So Dan, my 11th <laughs> round pick was Mark... I'm just going to say MVS because it's Valdez Scantling. It's just such a long right. name to say. So trying to play on that upside that you hear out of Green Bay's camp. My number 12 pick, uh, Peyton Barber. So a possible starting running back. My number 13 pick, Kalen Balaj of the Dolphins. Number 14, a guy that I'm targeting in a ton of leagues, best ball or any, Deshaun Jackson. And my 15th round pick Dion Lewis so sort of protecting against that possible slow start of Derrick Henry yeah handcuffing yourself a little bit because of you know Dion Lewis comes into the first half of the season and is kind of running the show again you at least you have that other option sitting there if Derrick Henry's taking that step back to him yeah and and honestly Dan I could see myself starting D, uh Deshaun Jackson a lot this year. Uh, I think he's oh, yeah, going to be a big play threat for Philadelphia. So I was happy that I was able to get him in the 14th round. So, And, Dan, here's the pick that I know when I told you, hey, here's here's who I took. It was just like, you know, home alone, buzz, your girlfriend, <laughs> woof. woof. <laughs> Eli Manning. And the only reason I took him is because it was getting to the point where this is a super flex league where I can start a quarterback in the flex spot. Eli yep. Manning was the last quote-unquote starting type of uh, quarterback available. So it wasn't that I was excited. It was almost sort of like, hey, I just want to get a third quarterback. Uh, everything's really a crapshoot at this point. Right? Was I excited about it? No. I tossed around taking him or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I went with Manning. Uh, it's just when when just, one of those two are on a buy, he's he could slide in as a flex. That's I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I have some level of confidence that Manning would probably start most of the season. I can't say I have that same level of confidence with Fitz, Fitz Magic. Right. Uh, and that's what it came down to, honestly. So I mean, it's one of those things where. I think these later rounds get real kind of weird because it's a 12-team league, 12-team superflex. So you're going to have people who are just like, uh, why, why not? Why not? Sure, I'll grab this guy. And I, I think that's kind of what that is right there. Because everything else was going to be a backup type situation. I wanted sure. to get somebody that could be a starter because, you know, bye week, uh, maybe he catches some sort of fire early on and I, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't... Right. It wasn't something where I said, yay. It was something more of, okay, I almost need to do this to protect against that super flex option. So. Yeah, let's be honest. You're stacking him with Evan Ingram, and he's still be, be going to be able to the throw swing passes to... Tate, um, Shepard, Saquon, I mean. Saquon, right. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's not a horrible pick. I mean, I was high on um, Eli Manning last year, and... Uh, I, I had to eat crow on that one, but uh, I, I see no reason as a bye week filling for those two guys who I think both of us really like Cam and Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you know why not take a stab in the dark at it? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'll read the last six picks here, I believe. So 17th round, Antonio Callaway, the Cleveland Browns. 18th, Debo Samuel of the 49ers. 19th round, Gerald Everett of the Rams, the tight end. So got myself a third tight end there that, you know, we'll just see. Can he produce any more? I think these three picks are sneaky good picks, Bob. And like, I think Debo Samuel, like there, there is room there for, you know, somebody to kind of take over, um, yeah, as that number two role or maybe even number three, given that 
Kittles there. Um, and I like the Callaway pick. I, I think Callaway is a little underrated with Odell Beckham going there. Um, Jarvis Landry is not a guy who gets down the field very much anymore. He's a, to me, he feels like he's an over the middle type guy. Um, but Callaway is Callaway is a guy who can hit those deep balls. And, you know, if there's a lot of attention being paid to Odell Beckham, that's less attention being paid to Callaway. And, and you know, Baker Mayfield is going to go, go yard as many times as he possibly can. Yeah, to me, he represents a, a very young Deshaun Jackson type of, he only needs one play to produce for fantasy, and I'm willing for sure. to take that gamble that, at that point. So, last three picks went running back heavy. Uh, Doug Martin, just in case something happens with Josh Jacobs. Frank Gore in the 21st round, just because he was sitting there and could be the starting running back there, depending on what happens with Shady. And then my last pick in the 22nd round, Cole Beasley. Uh, he could be a safety valve for Josh Allen so not anybody that I need to lean on but just to see how it produces on uh, when the season starts so let let me read it back Dan so the the team I have my quarterbacks are Cam Newton Mitchell Trubisky Eli Manning running backs Devonta Freeman Derrick Henry Kalen Balaj Peyton Barber Frank Gore Deion Lewis Doug Martin and James White Wide receivers, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Cole Beasley, Antonio Callaway, Deshaun Jackson, Marvin Jones, Debo Samuel, and MVS. Tight ends, Evan Ingram, Mark Andrews, Gerald Everett. I'll be honest, I mean, everybody loves their team, but I was happy the first round through the Scott Fishbowl with this team. Uh, Yeah. The wide receivers are going to carry the load. I like the rushing aspect of the two quarterbacks that I'm going to be leaning on most of the year. And if Devonta Freeman and Derrick Henry produce, uh, it could be off to the races this year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the team, too. I think it's well-balanced, and that's kind of what I look for is I don't want to overload myself at one position. So, you know, just looking through this draft, I read through it a couple times. I read through it a couple times last night. So the uh, the gentleman who's right, right in front of you, uh, who took Mahomes in the first round, uh, he, then he went left bell, and then he went Andrew Luck, and then he went Robert Woods, and then he went Hunter Henry, then Tevin Coleman, Tarek Cohen, uh, Elshon Jeffrey, Vance McDonald, Jordan Howard. Um, to me... Uh, uh, are you confident that really sacrifice on the wide receivers that Robert Woods and Ann, you know, and Alshon Jeffrey and Michael Gallup are going to be able to like shoulder the load for your wide receivers. You're playing three of those guys, right? Right, Exactly. You always have to start three wide receivers and there's multiple flex positions. And I get you're, you're super flexed out. Like you're looking super flexed with Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck there. I mean, I get that. I mean, those are two extremely um, elite um, quarterbacks there, but at the same time, uh, I mean, you're Robert Woods, who's a nice wide receiver i just don't feel like he's the he's the number one type guy that you were hoping for at that point and hunter henry i like too and then i also feel like there's a steep fall off at that rb2 position too where uh tevin coleman you don't really know what's going to happen Tarek cohen bit of a gadget player uh, nice flex, a nice flex, but you're not flexing Tarek Cohen. You, you're counting on him to be a, your RB2. Uh, he kind of saved himself there, I think, with Jordan Howard there at the end because I think he's going to be way more involved in Philadelphia than a lot of people were giving him credit for. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where you kind of are like, um, 
you're just kind of, I think you're selling yourself short by kind of going there and I'm looking at the rest of the team and there's nobody else kind of on that team who I feel like can kind of maybe may even make the jump to the status of you know Devonte Adams or anybody like that on that particular team. So yeah. he he's sold out for a super flex to to compromise I think his wide receivers a bit much. Yeah, I'll tell you what Dan, looking through the draft as well, I really like teams 1, 2 and 3 honestly. I mean, they did a oh, good job. Too. Team 1, uh Ari Engel, um shout out if you're if you're checking out. I know we're in a group chat, so I'm going to let the guys know we covered it. He started off Zeke Elliott, Antonio Brown, Todd Gurley, O.J. Howard, Kenyon Drake, uh, Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Robbie Anderson, Lamar Miller, D.D. Westbrook, Delaney Walker. I mean, that's pretty strong, especially if Gurley is even 80% of what he is to have him and Elliott. I, I really like that. Um, I mean, how pumped How pumped did he have to be when he's like, oh, my God, Todd, Todd Gurley's followed to me there. Right. Uh, it, to me, it was like, oh, man. That, you have that's, to. Uh, you have to. It's a no-brainer. Third round, Todd Gurley, yes. Give me that all day, every day. And and that was the team that jumped out to me right away. Uh, I was like, man, I really, I really like that team. Because you got Zeke, you got Todd Gurley, you got Antonio Brown, who was just coming off the season as the number one wide receiver um, or number two wide receiver in all of fantasy. And, and, I mean, that's what you're – and then you're rounding it out with an elite – elite up-and-coming tight end option in O.J. Howard, a guy that you and I both like a great deal. Yep. Kendrick's nice, and then he's, I mean, his super flex quarterbacks are Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has eye upside, and then oh, Drew yeah, Brees did, is just going to be a stud. Yeah, I'm sorry if I said Philip Rivers. I was I, I was having trouble. It's like a pink uh, shorter shade on this, and I, I read Rivers. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. It was Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. My apologies, so thanks for and correcting then, that. Yeah, and then Robbie Anderson, and then Lamar Miller, G.D. Westbrook, Delaney Walker um, it, it is uh, that team is that team's going to be tough to deal with yeah and then in the um, two spot PFN 365 Saquon Mike Evans Aaron Rodgers Julian Edelman Marlon Mack Jarvis Landry Chris Carson Jarek McKinnon Tom Brady Trey Burton, Derek Carr. I mean, I like those first seven picks. Me too. I mean, that's Me too. Just, you're attacking every bit of the field. And, you know, there, there comes a choice. And I was willing to do this if both Henry or if all three of Henry, Engram, um, and O.J. Howard were gone, I was going to punt tight end completely. And it looks like that. Right. that's maybe what this guy did and said, you know what, I'm going to load up everywhere else. Uh, and and I could find some tight ends that I'm I'm okay dealing with. So, and the other thing is is, is he waited on tight end much longer um, than anybody else did, and he still got Trey Burton, who who I I think didn't really pan out as much as people thought he would. But it was his first year with a new team and with could, a second year quarterback. I mean, could, let's let's be honest. He could blow up this year. Could he? Yeah. Could he be that post hype sleeper where everybody hypes him, every, then he duds and everybody's down on him, and then he blows up the next year. And then he very right, well could absolutely, be. absolutely. But I mean, his running backs are so solid. Um, you know, front to back with San Juan as the clear number one, Marlon Mack as the number two. But then to be able to follow it up with Chris Carson, um, that that's just real. Uh, it's a hell heck of a job. Uh, drafting right there. I like the team a lot. Yeah, and then the third team I want to cover before we wrap things up in the three spot, Jason Bonama from the Football Guys. 
Oh, looks like I was in the draft with two of the football guys here with Ari at one and Justin at three. I really like this start. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, T.Y. Hilton, Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, Jared Cook, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Rashad Penny, Kiki QT, and James Washington. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> that, I mean, that's one of those. It's one of those things where it's just so well-rounded again, um, where you have studded every position, and I, I like it a lot. Um, I mean, to be like you're super like I think Ben is, you know, one of those guys who I mean, we talk about him, we're homers. I get it. Whatever. Uh, at the same time, I think Ben is like the perfect super flex. Because he, he could throw six touchdowns any given game. I mean, it's not even just six touchdowns, Bob. It's, it's, he could throw six touchdowns and 500 yards in a game. <laughs> right. And, and sneak, sneak one in. Like, it's just one of those things. It's just you don't ever know. And he just – I mean, he wins. I get that. And maybe he's not everyone else's favorite player. Uh, but, man, he gets it done in fantasy. And he's so underrated. Um to be able to get him and Philip Rivers, who I think is another guy who's flying under the radar a little bit, uh, th- those are some nice, some nice flexes right there. And one more team, Dan. I want to call it. I want to go out in too much detail because I want to wrap this up. But at the sixth spot, uh, Noah Hills from the Dynasty League football. It just stood out to me. I was sort of reading through everything else. David Johnson, Juju, Deshaun Watson, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Lamar Jackson, Dante Pettis, Daryl Henderson, Miles Sanders. Jack Doyle, Austin Eckler, I mean, Duke Johnson, Jalen Samuels. Uh, if he gets any of those young running backs to pan out and Tyreek Hill hit. doesn't get suspended, watch out for that team as yeah, well. Yeah, that, team that team's nasty. So, that team's nasty. So, yeah, I mean, I had an absolute blast. I know if you were following on Twitter or Instagram at NotTakesFF, sort of doing a, a fun little thing. We're breaking every pick that was made, made some graphics for it. I had a blast. This group was great to deal with. And Dan and I will be sort of uh, going back and forth as we set this lineup every week because – I feel pretty damn confident with this team going into this draft. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how things plan out. And um, you know what? The, the strategy that the guy who's right before you uh, absolutely could pan out. I, I think this is a, like one of those things where everyone's like, eh, I don't like that team. Eh, I like that team. None of us really know how things are going to shake out. None right. of us know how injuries are going to happen. Right. None of us going to really know if someone's just going to have like that, you know, crazy fantasy season out of nowhere uh, and become a, an elite kind of guy just out of out of nowhere. Um, so it, it's wide open, and I'm excited that you know there's some not takes involvement this year and uh for a great cause and i'm excited to see kind of where things finish up yeah and the Uh, best part is we were in the fighting division and got one of my all-time favorite fighting characters ryu so we're hoping to do hadoukens to everybody in this league this year (laughs) so if it wasn't ryu i was hoping for a scorpion or sub-zero because i'm a big (laughs) mortal Kombat fan but yeah um yeah shout out to everybody in the ryu um division uh look forward to playing with everybody and uh, it was very fun, a uh, different type of draft. And like we said, it's for a great cause. So shout out to Scott Fish for doing this and raising a ton of money for those less fortunate. So can't can't be more excited to get into this league. This is one, Dan, I think we're going to be taking very seriously and managing Absolutely. closely this year. So. so, Dan, anything else you want to cover before we wrap things up? No. 
Uh, I think we've said it all, Bob. So, so Dan, we didn't talk about next week's episode. I, I think it's time, Dan. Let's let's think of some bold nut takes for each position this year. I think it's time. Oh boy, these these are some of my favorite things to do. Uh, and but the, a close second is to come back at the end of the year to. S- at the end of the season to see kind of how bad we whiffed on some stuff. Boy, I whiffed horribly last year. So I can't wait to, to see if I can hit a whammy. I mean, I will say I was pretty happy with my whammies that I, I did hit. Um, I think uh, you you went super bold on some of your picks. Yeah, I think um, I said Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor would lead the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. It was almost yep. Baker Mayfield. Um, I know one was um, oh the Eagles. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, Nelson Aguilar would no, fully trump. You. Um, you love you some Nelson Aguilar at and the then, beginning of the year, and then Jordan Reed would be a top three tight end and play all sixteen games. I think. Was. Yep. So yeah, and that cost you a beer, my man. Yep. So <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully it was cold. So oh, it was lovely. So yeah, let's let's do some bold nut takes next week and really get into the groove as we start ramping up towards draft season here. Sounds great. <laughs> Let's go ahead and close up the show. So once again, man, um, if you're following us, there was a lot of interaction during the fishbowl. Follow us Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Really have started to put in some some much improved, better graphics for all of our shows and stuff we're doing. It matches the look of what we're doing. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Um, visit us on our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. .fm forward slash not takes FF. You can listen to the podcast there. You can follow us there. You can link to everything that we uh, are a part of. So we have 12 different platforms. They provide direct links there. Uh, if you feel like emailing us, not takes FF at gmail.com. Any feedback, suggestions, just general comments, we'd love to take those there. For those that listen on Apple Podcasts, give us even 15 seconds of your time and give us a five star rating and review. It really helps the show out, and we appreciate everybody that even takes a moment to even just give us a five-star rating if you don't want to write a review fine but a five-star rating goes a long way for us but anywhere that you're listening subscribe because dan and i were just talking i think after our uh, league of record draft is when we're going to go to three episodes a week so within about five weeks we will go to three a week so i want to make sure to catch us when they drop and dan why don't you shout out your brother tom for his awesome song for us Yes, yeah, a song uh, called Alma, and we're coming up on uh, an entire year of doing the Not Takes Fantasy Football podcast, uh, which is crazy to think about that we're almost a year into this thing. Um, and this song's been with us from the very beginning. I mean, I, I remember when we were trying to figure out kind of what we were going to do to kind of intro the show and stuff like that, and you know, Tom who's my brother tossed this song my way and I forwarded it on to you Bob and you're like we should just use this and he's like this is like us to a T I said 100% he gave us the okay he's been kind enough to let us use it from the very beginning uh, so big shout out to him and thanks a lot my man and if you like that song he's got a lot more stuff uh, out there he's actually putting it I think he just put an album out on um, Spotify and um, he always check out his SoundCloud he's that dude Tom so big shout out to my brother thank you Tom and yeah Dan I'm ready to get bold and spicy next week with those not takes so I'm looking forward to that one so it's a bold move cotton definitely bold so Dan until next week I will talk to you later Woo!